what could have and should have been the opportunity of a lifetime with a hefty price tag has turned into a nightmare. The Titan, a submersible vehicle, has been missing since Sunday night New Zealand time during a dive to get an up-close look at the wreckage of the Titanic. Five people are on board, and at the time it went missing, it had 96 hours' worth of oxygen supply, but now that's down to less than 40 hours' worth. So joining us now to talk all about this is a former US Navy captain, Chip McCord, who is also a lecturer at MIT. Kia ora, Chip. How are you going? I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. Chip, what is your read on the situation right now? Let me just explain that because the Titanic is in such deep water, there are very few submersibles, ROVs, either manned or unmanned vehicles that can actually get down there in the entire world. And so that that makes this a very difficult search and recovery operation. All the assets out there right now are mostly looking for the uh, submersible on the surface of the water. Not much is looking for it underwater. Talk to us about submersibles, because I feel like some people are sort of confusing them with submarines, potentially. What are the differences between these types of vehicle? Normally, uh, a submersible like this, to go to very deep depths, is uh, like an elevator. It goes usually just straight up and down. It doesn't go sideways. Submarines go sideways, but it has a big propeller at the back. But they're limited to how much how deep they can go. The submersibles, like this one used on the uh, on the uh, Titanic to go visit the Titanic, very thick hull construction, materials very thick, and it it's very difficult to operate machinery un- underwater at that depth. And so they're they're very limited in what they can do. Normally, it's just to go up and down and and look. Chip, how does a salvage operation like this in such deep water even work? Uh, the U.S. Navy has recovery assets for salvage operations in deep water, but it's it's a very large, complex system, and it takes good amount of logistics to move the equipment from its warehouse to where it needs to be. So let, let me just explain. They've, they've got a remotely operated vehicle, which is capable of going down to 20,000 feet in the ocean, so it's got 20,000-foot cable on it. Now, this cable is about two inches thick, and in that cable, it's got the strength member, which is uh, Kevlar. And it's also got electrical wire going down for the electricity to power the propellers, the lights, the sonars on there, and manipulators. It's got manipulators too, the hydraulic pumps that operate those. And it's got a control cable going up and down. So the operators are on the surface in a control console operating this machine underwater. So again, the machine itself is the size of a small delivery van or uh, a delivery van. And the cable is 20,000 feet, which is, you know, close to four miles of cable of two inch thick cable. And so that's on a big drum. You need a crane that goes with this too, to pick the vehicle up off there. So you have a big connex, a container, shipping container where you got the control systems, one for the vehicle, one for the cable, one for spare parts. All this has to be loaded on an airplane, put on a truck, taken to a port, put on a ship. The ship has to go out to the area. So for recovering things from the deep, you have to first find what you're looking for. In other words, someone has to actually find this submersible. It's usually done with sonar. Um, we also They also have what's called a pinger, which is an acoustic underwater acoustic beacon 
that operates in a certain uh, frequency that you can hear. These acoustic beacons, I, I believe, would be the same that are attached to black boxes on airplanes. So when we're looking for airplanes, they're saltwater activated. The saltwater makes them give out a chirping sound that you can actually find them quicker than you can you find using side scan sonar. So you have to find the submersible first, either by the pinger, which obviously they've been listening to it and they haven't heard it. Why has it been so hard to find the submersible? Are there terrible conditions out there? Is it, I mean, you said that these things sort of only just go up and down. I'm not sure what equipment they have out on site to actually look for it, to tell you the truth. Normally on these uh, operations, they know where they're going. They know where the Titanic is. And so they've got a pretty good, uh, the mothership probably has a pretty good idea of where it is. It can locate itself probably very accurately. It's probably a dynamically positioned ship, which means it's controlled by GPS and you put it into a, a control system that controls the propellers and thrusters and will allow the mothership to basically stay right over the Titanic. And then you just lower this up and down. So you're not really looking for the Titanic. The Titanic's already been found, but now we have to start looking for the submersible. Musable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz support. Chip, do, do you have thoughts or feelings on, on whether trips like this um, sh- should be allowed to happen given the, the dangers at, at play here? There's always risk in just about anything you do, walking across the street. This is a little riskier, I would say, probably than walking across the street, but um, it doesn't happen every day. We don't go down there every day, but, you know, James Cameron did the, the movie with the Titanic and he commissioned a, a, a craft to go down, a submersible to go down there. So, um, it can be made safe, but it's a very complicated process, very um, detailed design that has to go into in designing and constructing these vessels. Uh, the equipment that I, I was talking about, the U.S. Navy has experience of recovering things deep in the ocean. They've recovered a uh, F-35 fighter aircraft from 12,000 feet of water and a uh, MH-60 helicopter from 19,000 feet of water. So they can recover something like that down there, but it's just as uh, what I was trying to get to. It really is a, a pretty concerted effort and very time-consuming to get everything all out on site, wherever they're steaming from. I think it's maybe from uh, St. John's or Halifax, one of the two, probably two ports out there. It's a, it's a fascinating story, and we, we all hope that it has um, the best ending possible at this stage. Chip McCord, that was really, really interesting getting an insight into, into how this all works. Um, so thank you very much for your time. It's been it's been great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Newsable. If you liked it, we do put out new episodes every morning, so you'll probably like those too. To get them, just head to your favourite podcast player, give us a follow, and while you're there, you can leave us a rating and review and we'll maybe read it out one day. Who knows? For now, we'll catch you tomorrow. Thanks very much for listening. This pod took time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. 
Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism, telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.